Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. We're right back to the Mutt Man. Mutt at night. On WEEI. WEEI. And streaming everywhere on the Odyssey app. 822 on a Tuesday. That means Kyrie Thompson in the house. WEEI.com's own. Taking your phone calls on the Patriots. Coming out of the bye week at 617-779-7937. The phone number. Neither one of us have a whole lot of faith. And Matt Patricia to get it done. But I think at the core of it, I want to, I want to get to other players who have been affected by the Patriot offense, Kyrie. But to me, you said what you want to see coming out of the bye and sort of going to things that Mac does well and letting Mac take control. I don't want to put words in your mouth, but let Mac yep. have more control of the offense. I, I want to see more confidence in Mac. I, I don't know how they do it, and I'm curious to ask you, like, how do they rebuild his confidence? Because like you said, the guy that's – having a hard time reading the defenses, was a machine last year. Like, in training camp, people were comparing him to, to Cam and saying, like, one guy's going at one speed and the other guy's a different – like, and he doesn't exist anymore. So, is part of that rebuilding of confidence for Mac is that doing those sort of things? Or what else can they do? Because he feels – he feels sort of broken. Your colleague Andy Hart wrote he's sort of broken right now, See, and, I, and I, I agree with that. I, I don't. I don't like that characterization of it. I, I don't. I feel like it's too hyperbolic because, look, even even in the Jets game, which was not necessarily the best, there was still good stuff in there. I mean, it, it's just a matter of, okay, can you see it on, on film and is it consistent? Was it consistent? Not as consistent as you would like it to be. But, look, even even in that game and even a little bit during the Colts game, you had moments where, okay – the, the process speeds up a little bit because you're giving him better options than what you were giving him earlier in the game. Because, I again, I, I tweeted about this in real time. That it's like there's too much of this old stuff that the, Patri- that the Patriots offense has been doing. The, the routes are too long. The protection's not good enough. And then they adjusted in the second quarter to give you some more shallow crossers, give you better outlets. And then, oh, what do you know? Mac Jones is hitting them, and he's just hitting his back foot. He's not taking too long. He's getting it out. Or, or even a couple of times against the Jets where it's like, oh, he's manipulating defenders with his eyes again. Yeah. He's hitting his back foot and just getting it out. Like, th- that stuff is still in there. So I don't like this idea, this characterization that he's broken and he needs to have his confidence completely rebuilt because he's trashed. He's not trashed. But what is happening is that, again, too often they are asking him to do things that he isn't comfortable doing and that the offense cannot execute well, and you have to stop doing that. And, and, and look, so you, you want to know – what do you got to do to rebuild his confidence? Do the stuff he does what? Create those plays. Like, if, if you can go and, and cut up the plays where Mac Jones is hitting his back foot, getting the ball out on, on a stick route, or he's he's dropping back 
and you know, reading the front side, and then he turns to his backside. He's like, okay, I don't got that. Let me go back to the front side again and, and drill Hunter Henry right at the first down marker. Find those plays. Do more things like that. And I also wrote today, you should be raiding the Dolphins' pantry so hard right now and looking at every RPO that they do. Because, look, I don't care just that, oh, yeah, well, they don't have Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle. This stuff can still work because, again, it's it's not just about the personnel that you have. It's about what you are doing to the defense and how they, you're making them react to you. And they did that a lot at Alabama. And, again, it, it plays to his strengths because it, at his core, he's not a, a high, you know, octane passer with, you know, uh, you know a lot of arm field Talent, you know, downfield talent with his sure. arm, but he's an anticipatory thrower. But he's also Mike McDaniel coaching it down there, who coached it with Kyle Shanahan yeah. in San Francisco. Matt Patricia has no experience doing it. Joe Judge really doesn't either. So, <laughs> what you, I, I think what you wrote today, honestly, like as I was reading, it's like, well, yeah, but they don't have the coaches to to teach it. Yeah, but the thing unless is, you want Matt, and unless going back to what you said last segment, you want Mac to have more control, let Mac do those sort of thing, and I'm not sure they're ready to hand the offense over to Mac and let him as a second-year quarterback just go do this stuff that we know he can do. I think they're he's stuck with this coaching staff that can't run the plays that Mike McDaniel can run in Miami. I mean, that, that might be true. I do think that, again, they have put these plays in, and we don't always notice them because they just look like regular handoffs. But then when you go back to the All-22, guys are actually running routes. It's like those RPOs are there. They exist. And a lot of times it's just like, okay, well, it, w- it was better for us to just run the ball here. And Again, Joe Judge, a couple of weeks ago, was praising Mac Jones for his decision-making. Like, yeah, it's not going to show up in the box score, but he was making the right reads. And I took that to mean, oh, he was doing the right thing, handing the ball off on the RPOs. And, again, my thought is, where did they go the following week? Why aren't we doing more of that? It's not that they didn't do any of it. But, it, but again, it, it's it's this idea of, yeah, well, we're, we're a game plan team, so we're just not going to do the same thing from week to week. We're going to keep you guessing and all that. But, it, but it's, again, I, I think that are they great coaches? No. But I think if you're going to be an offensive coach in the NFL right now, that's, some, that's stuff that you have to have in your playbook. So I don't think it's enough of an excuse because what they're doing right now doesn't work. So I'm sorry. You got to try something else. So who else is being affected this week? We, we, I, I'm a, I'm not watching the tape. I'm watching on my couch, and I can see Max affected by it. UT is going into the break. Other players are being affected by either play calling, lack of confidence, the way the thing looks. Who's who's standing out to you as guys who are being affected by what he's doing? I, because my first question is: Is Kendrick Bourne one of those guys who barely plays this year? Is playing now because guys are hurt, but was a huge impact player. Maybe their most explosive player a year ago to the point where my hand was raised and I was calling like Debo Samuel light based on his running and his receiving game. Is he on the list or are there other guys you think are ahead of him that are being impacted by this offense right now? See, I, I wonder if that's a play calling thing or just a straight up. He still hasn't gotten completely out of Matt Patricia's dog. Oh, that's, it's months ago late for one yeah, meeting. I, I mean, that's but, a joke. I mean, it, it should be, but I guess I'm, I'm looking at his continued, you know, lack of playing time. And it's not, it's not like Nelson Aguilar is playing a whole lot better. He's giving the ball up every single time he's on the field. It's bench like. at times. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I just don't see a whole lot of excuses for not playing Bourne and yet they keep on not playing him. I would also point out that your tight ends are suffering from the lack of play action. I would say okay. because you're running the ball so much 
and you're not using a ton. Of, I, I read today that, for example, they are 27th overall in play action percentage as a team. That's wild. And about 28th in RPO usage. So they're just straight up not using run action fakes, which for the life of me, I cannot understand when you run the football as much as they do. Because here's the thing. You don't have to be a great running football team in order to be a good play action team. You just need to make the other team think that you're going to run the football and that they have to come up and, and do about it. It just happens that the Patriots are a pretty good running football team and they're still not doing it. And what happens is when, when you use play action a lot, you get the linebacker sucked up and it creates those second level throws, right? The downfield throws like the, the you know, level three throws or whatever are down the field. But once you get the linebacker sucked in, that creates those seam routes and maybe some of those like deep in cuts that tight ends like Jonu Smith and Hunter Henry can take advantage of. And that's not happening. I also, as I mentioned to you off the break, complained about Tyquan Thornton not being used. <laughs> what has happened since, to him? Since, since the Cleveland game? And like, yeah, I mean, he's still he's still learning. He's still a rookie, right? But look, they're using this man as as a wide receiver three. That's what his snap count says he is. He's playing a lot, and they're not scheming up touches for him to get the ball. They sat up that they were handing him the ball against Cleveland. They threw him screens against Cleveland. Yeah, and he 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 looked. Really good. He's the fastest person on the field basically whenever he's out there unless you're playing against Tyreek Hill. And they're not finding ways to give him. They're just like, oh, yeah, let's go run clear outs, you know, Taekwon. No, give this man the football, okay? And, and again, that, that was another thing where I'm thinking about why are we just scrapping things like that from week to week. Saw that against Cleveland. Oh, we're never going to do it again. That'll keep the other team guessing. Come on, man. Take advantage of the weapons you've got. To the point where they they made a mistake on it, but they tried to run a handoff to Jacoby Myers at one point in the last couple of weeks. He's not – I like Jacoby Myers. He's not Tyquan Thornton. No. He's not even a Kyrie Kendrick Bourne. He's the wrong guy to be given the ball in in that spot. It, it's, and it, it, com- it's completely ridiculous. And you know what? I had questions about this in training camp when they were kind of running – um, little, little toss backs to Myers, but here's the thing: I can understand running like a backwards toss to Jacoby Myers. You're trying because, to set up a pass because you could set off a point. pass Great. off of that. Awesome, thanks, but, but, but you're save but that you're, for the, the Bills game. Great, but you're doing a zone read handoff to Jacoby Myers. Come on, <laughs> no, absolutely not. Like like that that was that was absurd. And so again, it's like, why are you trying to get cute? With people that, oh, yeah, they'll never expect this. How about you put guys in positions to succeed and then just give them opportunities to succeed? I would like to see him get more involved <laughs> offensively. We're, we're spending a lot of time on the offense, and certainly you can weigh in at 617-779-7937. Kyrie Thompson is here. The defense has carried them through yep. what is uh, – uh, Tommy Curran pointed it out today, at least by strength of schedule, strength of win, one of the easier schedules in the NFL to play the toughest schedule on paper – in the second half of the year. Do you have faith, Kyrie, that this defense has been so good? They're going to hold up. Maybe not, the, the Jets aren't the greatest example, but short week Minnesota, Buffalo after that, Hopkins and, and the Cardinals, uh, Devontae Adams and the Raiders, Joe Burrow and the Bengals. Can this defense hold up against those offenses in the second half of the year? It's going to be one heck of a gauntlet. And here's what, here's what I'm going to say about that. So, I'm not worried so much about, oh, yeah, DeAndre Hopkins when they play the Cardinals. I'm worried about Kyler Murray because they've shown that they can't stop quarterbacks. quarterbacks. They can't stop quarterbacks that can run. Okay, once again, the Allen Jackson Fields guys, they're one in three against those types of quarterbacks in the last two years. And what do they all have in common? They are top five in rushing during during the last two years. You want to know who else is top five in rushing over the past couple of years among quarterbacks? Kyler Murray. Yeah. So, 
that could potentially be a problem. And you, I'm sorry, you can't dismiss it after what you. No, I've seen, seen too much of it. What, right what now. you, what you've seen this year and last year, you cannot dismiss it. And I also think that there is part of Bill not to cut you off. I think we yeah. talked about this a couple weeks ago, and you see it in the way he runs his offense, where it's 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 kind of archaic. And I, I get the sense that he just expects these mobile quarterbacks. Well, Josh will make a mistake. Fields will make a mistake. They'll make a mistake. We'll just keep it, and they they're not making mistakes. Lamar's become one of the best passing uh, pocket quarterbacks in the NFL, uh-huh. and like his brain is not adjusted to. Oh yeah, these guys are actually good. Well, and that's it, an issue. I mean, I'm sure he does think that they are good, but uh, to your point, I do think that there's an element of, oh yeah, well, uh, you know, they they probably just can't throw the ball quite as, quite as well, or like I, I much you know fear a person that can uh, sit in the pocket and dice you up and all that stuff. So they're gonna you're gonna not put anymore. so you're gonna put your you know, your, your resources to stopping that. And, and the thing is, okay, most of the time you're not playing Kyler Murray or Justin Fields or Lamar. You're, most of the time you're not playing that kind of guy. So, okay, game planning for the other guys, I can understand that to an extent. But, I mean, you, you've still seen it enough times where, like, I don't understand why you keep on getting crushed by it. Though some well, of it is personnel. But in the division, though, again, so Josh Allen is one of those guys we just talked about. Two is not slow. He's mobile. Zach Wilson is not like so in your division now. You who's the traditional? Unless Joe Flacco goes back into New York, <laughs> they don't have that guy. Now you can say Zach Wilson sucks, but he's pretty mobile in his run when he's been given the opportunity. So like Bill, better figure it out because in his division, yeah, they have three guys who aren't slow yeah. at the position. So that's six games a year you're playing a mobile quarterback. Yeah, and so that is going to be tough for this defense. I will say that that I I think they're going to have a couple of good games, and they're going to have a couple of games where you're like, uh, maybe this defense isn't quite it. Though I think that's just going to have more to do with the opponents that they're facing. I will say I think that this version of the defense is more impressive than last year's was because we didn't expect them to be that good and you had so many questions about the corners coming into the season you thought they were going to be horrible they're not horrible jack jones is literally still the highest graded cornerback by pro football focus in the nfl right now which is wild did not see that coming and and again they're gonna they're gonna be times when they'll get taken advantage of because they they have they have speed they've got juice they've got yeah. explosiveness but they don't have a lot of size. I hate to bring this up and put you on the spot, but so that number sounds really really good. Who who are the who are the best wide receivers he's played? Would we have the I, some context mm. for that? I'd be curious who's he matching up with. Like is he? he I and I, I'm, I'm on top of my head. Like did he get? Did he get Bateman in the Ravens game? Like I have to go back and think about it. Like getting Garrett, Bateman, Garrett played, Wilson, Garrett, Garrett Wilson, yeah, yeah uh, a Darnell Mooney. You know, yeah. So I mean, look, I like him, but he's no, li- no, he's this, limited. no. This, this is exactly what I'm talking about, right? Or well, Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle, right? So, yeah, so that was he held them to week. 20 points. Going looking back on that game right now, and I forget was Jack Jones was super that. Looks like Jack Jones, a pretty Jack, good defensive game for them, holding the, the Dolphins at 20 points at home. I know, in the right. Opener. He did get mossed by Tyreek in that game. I mean, he was in position, and Tyreek just kind of went Oh, up Jack Jones is good. Right. I'm not you even. Know. I'm not knocking that, but I do like the fact that you're bringing up yeah, these yeah. mobile quarterbacks here. It's going to be a bigger test for them. Yeah, and, so, and, and, and I mean, look, they, they played that Miami team about as well as anybody's played them. When when they've had their yeah. foot, when they've had Tua healthy and, and going full go, I mean, that's a heck of an achievement. And again, they're going to have that game in Foxborough this time because they got the Miami game out of the way. Yep. So, hey, maybe a little bit cold weather, a little bit more home cooking here. I mean, may, maybe we'll see. But at the same time, uh, it, it's still not going to be easy. I, I do think the defense will hold up better. They, they'll force punts this time. 
I think they they will they will indeed force punts against. You think the they're Buffalo better Bills. equipped this year than last year because of the secondary. Yes, I think so. The linebackers are still a problem, but they've retooled the safety position, so they're going to be able to mitigate that to an extent. And again, when you're talking about what kind of cornerbacks do you have, you don't have to play Miles Bryant. You can play Marcus Jones. And yeah, is he is he big? Like, is he particularly physical? He might get taken advantage of by you know bigger slot guys or whatever. Yeah, sure, but he's fast. So you're not going to necessarily see. Oh, he's electric. So yeah. you're not necessarily going to see Isaiah McKenzie flying away from dude running across the formation. That was that whole second game last year. Yeah, the Isaiah McKenzie game. Mike in the car, waiting patiently on the Patriots offense. Kyrie Thompson's here. Uh, Weei.com doing great work on the website and uh, on the podcast. Mike, what's going on? Thanks for your patience, pal. Hey, thanks for taking the call tonight. I uh, just wanted to touch base on Kyrie's point a little while ago. Um, just getting involved in the offense, getting the RPO going. I mean, would it be crazy to think of seeing a backfield, kind of like a pistol setup with Stevenson, Bourne, and Thornton in the backfield? <laughs> I think that's too creative for them. I'm not going to lie to you, bro. <laughs> but, but I mean, would I like that to see it? Patricia's I, head might explode. Would I, would I like to see it? Yeah, hell oh, yes. that, would, that would be fun. I think that'd be great. But, but yeah, I, I think – and, you know, here, here's the thing that, that Patricia actually said a couple of weeks ago. Um, you know, at the beginning of November, we was talking about RPOs and, and I feel like, I don't know if I want to classify it as dismissive. Maybe it wasn't, but he was like, yeah, you know, the RPOs have a little bit of a college feel to them. And, and I, I do think that there is some of that thing with, with coaches where, oh, they, they don't want to do these, these gimmicky things or, or so. Oh, really? Because the college offense is now dictating the NFL. I mean, literally college was ahead of the NFL with their pass first spread and now the best teams in the NFL, that's what they're doing. Now, this year it's been different. The pass rate, with some of the pass rate of expectation numbers today, where I think through 10 weeks now, I'm surprised by how low this is. Only 30% of teams have a pass rate over expectation, which is basically do you pass more than the expected pass rate would be in a situation. And the theory has been not the teams are running it, but the quarterback play has been so bad outside of the really good teams Teams are, are sort of backing off, waiting for this next draft class where three or four first-round guys are going to go. That number will pop back up. But certainly, it's to, maybe Bill likes it this way because Bill's getting a little renaissance this year. Teams are like the Atlanta Falcons. They just <laughs> run the football 40 times a game. Yeah. San Fran's running the ball with their two backs now. Miami in the win this weekend. Yes, great passing offense, but it was it was Wilson and Mostair, Mostair running the football. So, Little bit of a resurgence for the run. I don't think it's well, some long term thing for the league though. I mean it I might don't. it might not be, but part of it is schematic too. Because what are defenses doing? Right? You see the going Jamar- smaller and keeping things in front of them. You're right. Yeah. You're right. Because you're seeing the Cincinnati Bengals, right, where they've got three monsters at receiver and you got all these super explosive offenses and you're saying Psh- I'm playing cover two. I'm not letting you beat me. Yeah. And so when you see too deep that that means somebody's out of the box. So a lot of teams are just saying, fine, I'll run the football. Right. And, and, and that and that makes that makes sense. Like that makes actual sense. At the same time, passing is still more efficient than running. We still know that. But but you, you still almost got to you got to soften defenses up. So if you go ahead and you hit them with the run game enough times and you finally get them to be like, OK, I can't do I can't keep doing this all game. You know, then then you, you start to getting with the pass. But you know what? Yeah, to your point, there's been a lot of bad quarterback play, just a lot of bad football being played. There has been. I mean, and we'll watch and I'll be watching it all on Sunday. Craig in Rhode Island on Bill Belichick's rolling all this at six one seven 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 nine. Hey, how you guys doing? Seven ninety three seven. Hi, Craig. What's what do you Great. got on Bill Belichick tonight, buddy? Hey, long time no see. I mean Bill Belichick's the best coach of all time. And uh, you disagree with me or not, 
you 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 listen to him, you're gonna win ball games. I don't care who's your quarterback, but I don't want to get into all the quarterback situation. I think Jack Jones needs to, you know, have some reps on offense because that that guy's a dog. So, so when Fitzy was here last week, Craig, you, thanks you mean, for the phone call. You mean call. Marcus Jones or so Jack Jones? I, I, he, Fitzy brought this up. He he was the, and I'll give him credit. I think he was filling in for you last week. He said he would like to see Marcus Jones get a couple shots on offense where they put him at slot receiver or put him in some sort of role because he's electric. I've mm-hmm. used that word twice now. I'm, I'm, I'm using it and too they much. Did that, they did that with him in college. Yeah. But is that something that, again, seems a little too ex- <laughs> exciting for Matt Patricia? I mean, yeah. I also think that's maybe not necessarily something you decide you're going to do in year one. I think you, you want to just get him comfortable with what he's doing. And then, yeah, maybe year two, year three, you start doing that. But, I mean, there are much simpler ways to get more explosiveness out of your offense. Like, for example, give the ball to Tyquan Thornton. I'd be okay? nice. He give, does play offense. Get, get the ball to Kendrick Bourne, right? There are guys on your offense right now that are not getting the football enough that you should focus on before Marcus Jones. But you know what? I, I think that eventually, yeah, that, that might that might be fun to do. Now, to, to the, the point about Bill Belichick, I mean, I, I do think that people are quick to be like, oh, yeah, well, his record without Tom Brady is under 500. And, uh, you know, but but look, I think that the last, last three years, the, the last couple of years, I think that he's shown that he could still get the job done. The question is, though, I mean, look, can you just win with any quarterback? I'm, I'm not talking about, yeah, win nine games, ten games, but can you win, win with just any quarterback? And I think the rest of the league has kind of shown that you can't do that anymore. No, that's, it doesn't that, that, That's not a thing. And, and you can look, win. You can, you, yes, you can. I like how you said that. You can win, like with the running game, but you can't win, win that way. You, you can't go long. It's are not, you making it to the AFC championship game? No, are you winning a no, Super Bowl? Like, no, that's not a thing. No. Look, look at the and That's court. what Kraft cares about. Yeah, and and so I think that there's there is maybe a little bit of just overly old school or or just kind of like hey, you know, I, Bill Belichick would be the first to tell you that the players win games. I mean, he, he said that many a time, but I do think that there is that element of hey, you know, if you just execute the plays, we can have anybody in there in theory, and we'll and it'll just be fine. And I feel like it's funny then when you see Belichick coach teams go against players that. Just bust out of the box the Josh Allens, the Justin Fields, the Lamar, the Lamar Jacksons, and are just like, yeah, not everybody can just do what those guys do, and you can't stop that. Do you need that guy? Do you eventually need that guy to win a Super Bowl if you're New England? They don't have him right now. I don't know that that's I – don't, I don't know that necessarily that means Mac Jones can't be good or that you can't win a Super Bowl with him. I feel like it's too early to say that, but is he a guy that – you are going to win because of every single time there's going to be able to transcend every every imperfection? No. no, no, not with this group offensively. And so you then have to think about what can I do from a personnel standpoint, from a scheme standpoint, that I'm not doing right now. I want to come back and talk about two guys on defense, one who's been really good and one who needs to be better in the second half. Kyrie Thompson is here. More of your call, 617-779-7937. That's next, Mud at Night, WEI.